0: This week on the Tech On Tap podcast, Tony Turner drops by to chat about NetApp's impact on the medical imaging industry. Well, welcome to the Tech On Tap podcast with Justin Parisi. I love NetApp. Oh, yeah. NetApp! I love this company. Zip Zipalk! I love NetApp because it's so funny. <laughs> Welcome to the Tech on Tap podcast. My name is Justin Parisi. I'm here in the studio. Uh, Actually, the studio is my basement. And uh, today I've brought in Tony Turner to talk to us about some healthcare stuff. So,
1: Tony, what do you do here at NetApp and how do we reach you? Thanks, Justin. Um, I'm Tony Turner. Um, I've been with NetApp for 10 years. Um, At NetApp, I manage our medical imaging vendors, our PACS and VNA vendors. Um, And I also do a lot of sales enablement for partner and our our sales team at NetApp. Uh, You can reach me at tony.turner at netapp.com. I'm also on LinkedIn and also at TNY Turner on Twitter.
0: All right. Excellent. Um, You mentioned medical imaging. Um, For people who aren't familiar with that industry, what exactly is the medical imaging industry and the healthcare industry as a whole?
1: Medical imaging is basically any type of imaging object whether it's uh, you know x-ray or a photograph or anything that is used for a patient's diagnosis or clinical care
0: so with those medical images you mentioned their x-rays or you know used in medical care does it also include like the check-in records like with the driver's licenses or the copies of the insurance cards
1: every hospital now has a document management system that basically is creating a bunch of small objects um, and you know. Those aren't really used for, you know, a clinical interpretation, but they're part of the hospital's record through typically the electronic health record.
0: So those would be EHR systems versus something like a PACS system that keeps all of the like x-rays, like you mentioned, or f- photographs that you would, would have normally for for the diagnosis, like you mentioned. Correct. What sort of file sizes and types are we looking at? I mean, are they JPEGs? Are they really tiny, are they much larger? Like, how is all that file? How is that data looking?
1: Yes. Yeah, so it's evolved over um, as technology has progressed, right? So um, when imaging started digitally around the 2000s, these image sizes, if you looked across, you know, all the modalities that are creating images, so that's your CT scanners, your MRI scanners, your your X-rays. The average study size was only like 40 meg. Um, fast forward to today, you know, new modalities are creating a lot more data because of the technology advances. And now the average study size across a hospital is more like hundred meg. Um, if you break it down, it, an image file will usually for diagnostic purposes can range anywhere from two meg all the way up to 300 meg. So it's You know, it's kind of the wild, wild west out there. Um, Most of your imaging vendors are doing compression at the application layer. Uh, The typical um, algorithm is JPEG 2000, which is about a two and a half to one compression. Uh, And that that compresses the images down as far as they can before they're, uh, while they're considered lossless once they get beyond that then the medical fidelity um, and the usability of the image is slowly declines so we're looking at lots of files and they're anywhere
0: between 2 megs and 300 megs and they're compressed already so i would imagine storage efficiencies aren't real helpful in these data sets
1: well so you don't want to compress them any further um, and so you know netapp compression you know that that doesn't really get us get us too far um, deduplication typically is not effective on pre-compressed images um that's really all relative though if you're talking maybe saving five to ten percent on a hundred terabyte environment that's probably not great you probably waste more compute power to do the deduplication but if you're talking about a petabyte environment you know saving five or ten percent can turn into hundreds of terabytes so
0: that's interesting so you basically would would determine whether or not to use storage efficiencies in these environments based on the amount of data you're actually storing?
1: For deduplication, yeah, it's, it's got to make sense, right? Um, I mean, if you run it and, and it's sitting there churning and it's not buying you anything, then, you know, that it's not adding value. So um, I'd rather free those resources up for other things.
0: Okay. So what about things like fabric pool? I mean, you know, being able to tier from, you know, your flash storage to an on-prem S3 or to our cloud instance.
1: Yeah. So what's interesting about the imaging industry, um, you know, we we've been doing this since the early two thousands. Um, there's retention policies that, that do not allow hospital organizations to delete studies. Um, and, you know, there are state regulations that say you have to keep images for so long. Um, and, and so with, with those two policies and then the fact that those images still have to be available uh, for the likelihood that, that they may have at some point be recalled, um, hospitals don't delete images, you know, and so, so we're just piling on images, creating a data sprawl. About 70 percent of all the imaging data hospitals are holding. medical imaging data. Um, So because of that, and the fact that you have all this, you know, the unstructured data sitting out there, ways of managing this data through, you know, information lifecycle management, you know, tiering policies, um, maybe starting to leverage cloud. I mean, all these different aspects start coming into play, um, especially when, you know, hospital applications are considered critical applications. And so, most of these imaging environments now are managed by the IT department. So what happens is you have a lot of the imaging vendors now are supporting S3 natively, um, and they have some robust ILM roles built in where they can manage the tiering within the application. And then you have other vendors that don't support S3 in which they can take advantage of tools like NetApp Fabric Pools and tear off that cold data into an S3 bucket. Um, That S3 bucket, you know, we like to see it as uh, maybe our object um, platform with storage grid web scale. Um, And you also can look at a public service provider, uh, cloud service cloud provider. Um, The the problem is if let's say you looked at AWS Glacier and it took you two days to get your your data back on-prem, then, you know, the PAX application would have timed out because it's expecting that image to be returned, you know, within like five to 10 seconds. So um, you have to be very considerate of the latency of whatever that final tier is, that image. So with ONTAP
0: 9.8, we're adding S3 official support for for GA. Um are your healthcare and medical imaging customers excited about that prospect of being able to either tier with fabric pool to ONTAP or actually present objects out of ONTAP using S3?
1: So we always get questions within image archiving based on tiering. A lot of that, um, has been virtual storage tiering, maybe using, uh, fabric pools, um, you know, we've always had customers that wanted to be able to tier within the array. Uh, say, like, if you had some an SSD aggregate, aggregate within FAS and then, you know, a 7.2K aggregate with spinning drives. Um, they like the idea of being able to tier to different tiers within the same array, um, even before getting outside of the array into, you know, some other um, S3 tier. Um, so, you know, I, I, think it, you know, that's just one more, um, one more arrow in our quiver, um, cause are always having conversations about, you know, tiering to the cheaper tier of storage and the question always comes up, well, what, what is that cheaper tier of storage? Cause I mean, we all know cloud is not always the next cheapest tier, um, you know, and, and so, Spinning 7.2 K drives probably is the cheapest here. Uh, when you start looking at other media over the years, like LTO tape and Blu-ray jukeboxes and all those type of media, it makes sense for you to move data off that, to have that offsite copy. But the problem is image sizes have gotten so big, you know, restoring from that media is, is not realistic anymore.
0: So, on tap nine point eight also brings us this idea of snap mirroring to cloud, and and when we do that, we can actually leverage the S three interfaces in the cloud or with Storage Grid for those images, right? So, if we we if we were to snap mirror an entire image repository to a destination site on an S three provider, now they could access those images as needed through S three rather than trying to get them from the storage system. Is that something that interests your your customers with the medical imaging industries?
1: I think that's going to have some huge interest to it. Um, for several reasons. Uh, one of them is, you know, a lot of times we'll get customers that are, uh, for example, we have a customer in Charleston, both their data centers are within a block of each other and they're both in a floodplain. And lately they've had issues with category four hurricanes. So the ability to spin up maybe a tertiary copy in the cloud um, where you're not bound by file systems is very attractive, um, you know, to those type of customers. Um, and just in general, you know, a lot of customers are not looking to manage, you know, a second data center uh, for all these medical images. They're looking for alternatives, um, you know, in a hybrid cloud environment. Uh, they want to be able to to leverage the cloud. Um, and, and so this just, you know, having that capability, um, you know, and being able to remove, um, Having to 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 index and to to climb through a bunch of file systems just to, to get to that one image, you know, is is very attractive.
0: Yeah, and what's also great about the SnapMirror Cloud is the actual indexing of that data, right? So you have an actual on uh, cloud resident index for that, so you can actually access that information quickly. So in the use cases where you have millions of files or you know whatever, you can find that you know what you need right away. Absolutely. Um, so there's also a new um, platform coming out with the uh, OnTap 9.8 release, and that's our QLC-based storage system, and that's like I guess they're calling it the FAS 500F. So does a QLC uh, does a QLC flash system uh, solid state drives? Does that have any sort of interest in that industry, or do they care about that? You know, is it is it going to add move the needle at all with them?
1: So medical imaging workloads are unique that they have a component, a SAN component and they have a NAS component. Um, you go back, you know, 10 years ago and most customers were standing up a small SAN and then a large NAS. The SANs where they put the database and the application VMs um, and then the NAS is all for the image storage. You know, NetApp is unique that we we can write native NAS protocols to our all-flash FAS, or you know, uh, an all-flash aggregate on our FAS environment, and we can do that natively. So I actually have a customer running a 400 terabyte environment, running all-flash FAS with um, running you know straight SMB, and, and everything is on the same array. You know, they get all the best parts of it. Um, they get performance, you know, they, they get large, uh, aggregates, you know, for, for their image storage, uh, and everybody's happy. Um, but there's always, you know, there, the, the, the price parity between spinning drives and flash has, has always been a barrier, you know, to do that because you're not getting efficiencies and, 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 you know, getting to, getting to utilize deduplication like you do at other workloads. So, um, when you can bring in like a cheaper tier of flash, like QLC, then, you know, that just that just takes that gap between spinning and, and flash and kind of compresses it. So we're very excited about it in the imaging space.
0: So what are some of the challenges that your customers are facing uh, in the medical imaging? And I know one of them is, you know, data crawl and sprawl. Um, so I would guess that data management would be one challenge. So let's let's address that one first.
1: Yes. Yeah, so, you know, yeah, I mean, so the data, the data sprawl thing is, you know, just managing mounds of data is just, is one piece of it. Um, the other piece is, you know, they have gotten accustomed from their, you know, our competition that every five years they have to do a forklift upgrade on their storage environment and then go through a painful uh, data migration you know, if imaging is 70% of all the data they're storing, then you can see this is a huge price tag every five years that they're having to pay for PS services to, to move this type of data. So when you can get into an environment where you can um, avoid that price tag, you know, that that is huge. Um, you know, NetApp has the ability to do, um, you know, vault moves between uh, systems within our cluster, uh, or between controllers in our cluster and do it non-disruptively. So we remove that um, additional cost. Imaging vendors charge anywhere from um, $1,000 all the way up to $2,000 a terabyte to move this type of data. So, you know, that's that's one challenge that, you know, outside of just the data sprawl that our you know, most of these healthcare organizations deal with on, on, a, de- on a, you know, all the time. The other thing is, you know, you've got basically storage silos for every imaging environment that that hospital have. Um, you know, a lot of these large hospital organizations may have 10 hospitals and some of them were through acquisition. And as they bring on uh, these new hospitals, they might not have the same uh, imaging environment. So what happens is, is you know, you, you have a model of interoperability uh, between these different hospitals. Um, you know, and so they're, every hospital is looking for ways to create an enterprise imaging strategy where they're not managing, you know, a different backup strategy and having to grow every one of these systems for every one of their hospitals. Um, you know, so looking for ways to aggregate their data and to do it efficiently and manage it in a single pane of glass, you know, that's one thing that, that you know, all the hospitals are are looking at at doing. Um, The other thing is, um, you know, imaging traditionally has been radiology and cardiology. And over the years, all these different care areas in the hospital are starting to create these imaging objects. So you've got surgical videos. uh, You've got um, photographs, digital photographs being uh, taken in dermatology and in the emergency room, and and so you got all these differentologies now are spinning up these these objects that are not currently part of the patient's record um, because they may be on a, a USB thumb drive, they may be on a, a smartphone in the physician's pocket, you know. So it's it, there, there's no um, governance over the data. So um, what you're seeing now is you're seeing part of this enterprise imaging environment is bringing all those imaging objects into the imaging archive and then you know it's integrated into the electronic health record and then then now your referring physicians have all these images as part of that patient record versus just the radiology and cardiology stuff
0: so you mentioned USB thumb drives and that kind of got me thinking about another challenge i can see happening with hospitals and it usually it pops up in the news and it's basically ransomware Right so you you you've got a USB thumb drive you pop it into your system you don't realize it's got ransomware on it and then all of a sudden the entire data set is locked. So how does NetApp address that particular challenge for healthcare?
1: Ransomware is a huge huge issue in healthcare and and I mean you can't go a week without seeing a new organization that has been hit with some type of ransomware. Um and you're right. Usually, you know, USB thumb drive or, or somebody, you know, see some cute cat video or, or email and clicks on it, you know. Um, so it always it, it happens from within. So NetApp has um, inherent data protection in our systems. Um, snapshots are kind of our pride and joy. Um, we've had snapshots for a long, long time and while other vendors are, are playing catch up. Um, and so this is, you know, one of our primary defenses against uh, ransomware. Um, you can take, you know, more snapshots than most customers care to have, but uh, we give them the ability to take those, you know, on, you know, hourly, daily, you know, weekly, monthly, and, and, and have schedules. Um, and then we have ways to help them manage those snapshots as well. Um, another thing that I think is, is very important is, um, our ability to do a secure purge. Um, so if you have a, a patient's file that, um, you need to get rid of, or a specific file, um, you can purge it through that, that, um, you know, on the, on the array, but you can also purge it throughout every snapshot that's ever been, been, uh, taken, uh, with that patient in there. that's especially important in environments um, in healthcare because of all these, um, you know, new uh, security regulations like GDPR. Uh, It seems like every country now is starting to consider and even like uh, states inside North America uh, that are starting to uh, to consider a specific type of protection for for their um, and, you know, for their patients. A couple other things that we do, of course, um, we have uh, software-based encryption within ONTAP um, at either volume and the aggregate level. Um, we also have a service called a non-returnable disk uh, where, you know, for an organization that wants uh, to make sure that that patient healthcare information doesn't leave their data center, um, the the customer can um, can destroy their own disk And then finally, one of the things that is is super important, especially um, back to the the ransomware piece, um, is NetApp SnapLock. Um, So that's based on, you know, worm functionality, uh, write once, read many, um, and you can use this to uh, basically keep anyone from altering these files. So you'll always have that permanent copy um, in in your archive.
0: So also with with SnapLock, there's also a few features in addition to just the locking and compliance piece. There's also like the legal hold and the event-based retention stuff. Do you find your healthcare customers leveraging those extra features?
1: Um, I think they'd be interested in it, especially in the federal space, but I don't think we talk about it enough in the archive space, um, or at least in the imaging space. Typically what happens is that is kind of a checkbox, you know, when you go through the RFP process, but for some reason, you know, our, our healthcare customers don't, don't often utilize it. Um, so I, I think it's one of those things we need to talk about more. Yeah. I would imagine
0: it's, it's some one of those things that just kind of goes under the radar. They don't know about it, so it doesn't interest them. But I think if they did hear about what we could do in addition, to just the compliance pieces, then they would be more interested in it.
1: Yeah. And yeah. And- you know, when you, when you talk to the CTOs and CIOs and you ask them, you know, the, the old common question, what keeps them up at night? I mean, security in, in, in ransomware is always top of mind. So I agree. Um, we, we don't do enough to talk about, um, you know, the inherent uh, capabilities of our solutions uh, for data protection.
0: So we've mentioned snapshots, snap mirror, you know, the object pieces, Uh, any other on tap features that your customers are making a lot of use of, you know, maybe things that fly under the radar, a bit like that snap lock piece.
1: Well, you know, it's interesting. I mean, when we talk about healthcare industry, we're talking about patient care. We're talking about, um, improving patient lives, improving patient outcomes. Um, one of the things that we don't talk about enough, I believe, and this is also just from my my clinical background, is non-disruptive operations. Um, we've gotten really good at all the care and feeding of the NetApp solutions without having to take planned and unplanned downtimes. Um, I often refer to it as, you know, changing the wheel in the cars or driving down the road. Um, You know, that's super important because downtime in a patient care environment is, it's a direct hit to the bottom line for our customers. Um, Yeah, so I, you know, that it flies on the radar and we kind of breeze through it. But, you know, we, we can do all the care and feeding. We can even do operating system upgrades, you know, without taking downtime. Um, I mean, when was the last time you did that? You can't even do an upgrade on your your smartphone without having to reboot. So, you know, I think we should talk about that more. Uh, and I think it's important for our healthcare customers to hear.
0: Yeah, and I don't want anyone to get the impression that we don't have to reboot. I mean, we do have to do that. But the thing is, is we have a place to go when you do reboot that doesn't take an outage. Exactly. So basically, if you wanted to do it with your smartphone, you just have two smartphones and, you know,
1: <laughs> there you go. And one
0: fails over to the other one. So as far as the, the medical imaging uh, piece goes, what sort of requirements are in the, the medical imaging space? Like what sort of applications are in use besides like the, you know, your natural pack stuff, like in, in what protocols are they leveraging?
1: Yeah, so, in, you know, in, uh, medical imaging solutions, uh, they have similar components across every vendor. Um, each solution is going to have a small database. Uh, there's going to be some application VMs, And then they have some type of working cache, um, and then you have the replicated archive layers. Um, The reason these caches and the archives are um, separate—you go back, you know, ten years, twelve years—it was because of the cost of WAN pipes between hospitals and between the hospital and the data centers. Um, You know, and as as the WAN pipes got bigger and the cost went down, then really the use of these caches and these archives, you know, are not really needed, even though a lot of vendors still keep them separate. Um, the database is usually an off-the-shelf, you know, Oracle or a, a SQL-type database. Um, and they're not very big, maybe, you know, two to five terabytes. Um, and then, so what happens is, when it, you know, a medical image has two pieces to it. It's got the patient metadata, and that metadata is made up of um, information from the hospital information system. And it's also made up of information from the actual uh, device that created that object. Um, And then there's the actual image files. So as that image is ingested, basically all that metadata gets put into the database. And then there's, there's a UNC path that basically points out to where the image storage, the image is stored uh, on the NAS, um, and so you have a combination of typically a SAN workload because the database is always in in some type of block environment, um, and then you, you do have a handful of vendors that that'll do uh, NFS, uh, Oracle Open NFS, uh, but the majority of it is is fiber channel connected. And then you've got, you know, just a big old NAS pool full of uh, either SMB or NFS um, for images. Um, so this this pre- this creates a problem, though, when you go to move images, because if you move images from one NAS to another and you don't update those database pointers, then you've basically broken the PAX environment. Um, so what happens is you have this. Database application VMs, and then the working cache; those are usually on a performance type um, set of drives. Whether it's a SAN environment, um, you know, now a lot of customers are using SSD uh, versus uh, you know the 10K drives, um, and then you know you have usually capacity drives for the NAS environment because of the amount of data holding. Um, you know, NetApp is uniquely positioned because we've always been able to do um, fast drives and slow drives on the same array uh, So we have a lot of customers that run their cache and their archive on the same on the same array um, And now like I mentioned earlier we can do you know the entire environment could be all SSD if, if the customer wanted to spend the money on it um, So the ca- understanding the cache is kind of interesting. So what happens when an image is stored, you know, the information's indexed in the database, the study is put into the cache. That cache runs an algorithm that tracks, you know, when's the last time that image has been stored. And also the cache runs a watermark service. Once that image hits that cache, it also forwards a study off to the archive. And that archive will keep it for, you know, as the full copy. but that cache runs this watermark. And as the watermark full, fills up to the, you know, 95% mark, the cache will look at that algorithm and say, has this study been touched? And then it'll go and delete all the studies that haven't been touched and get the watermark down to like a 80 to 85%. And then it just goes over and over. It's just a constant process. So that cache never really fills up. Uh, the real trick though, is to make sure that that cache is sized appropriately for the clinical environment and how that hospital reads the images. Um, so there's studies out there that show that a medical image after 60 days uh, may not ever get looked at again. And the likelihood of it actually getting reused uh, f- to, for a prior comparison is down to about 10%. Uh, so say if you're a kid and you go, or, or an adult and you're riding a bike and you fall over or break your ankle, You know, if you never break your ankle again, that image will never, ever get looked at again uh, for a comparison view. Um, And so these images just sit out there and spin. Um, So you want to make sure that that cache is sized enough that those images sit out there, um, you know, where they're still useful for the department. And then there's processes uh, on the imaging system that'll look at that cache when a new patient comes in. And if there's old images that have usefulness that are needed for comparison, if they're not on the cache, it'll look to the archive and then it'll retrieve them. So when that patient's there, those old images will also be in that working cache. Um, so the you know the cache has a lot of stuff going on. Uh, a lot of it's tied into uh, you know the clinical workflows uh, of the department. So you mentioned this cache and it kind of
0: got me thinking also about a new feature in ONTAP 9a where we can actually use FlexCache over SMB. Is that something that your healthcare customers are interested in?
1: So we're still trying to figure out where it fits. Um, you have a lot of uh, remote offices and imaging centers. Um, you have a lot of, you know, with large hospital information, large, large hospital uh, networks, you may have, you know, 20 hospitals that have a, an instance kind of, kind of a hub and spoke type environment that all feed back to a central data center, um, whether that data center is on-prem or in the cloud. Um, and so we're, you know, we're, we're exploring right now how to position that product, um, you know, where it, where, you know, if it's going to be uh, useful, uh, it, it makes sense. Cause, you know, we, we've got all these cool things that we like to do Um you know, in the Silicon Valley world. But the truth is healthcare, healthcare organizations, their IT shops are usually three to five years behind. Uh, so they're not early adopters. They're not trailblazers. And they like to let other industries kind of bang out new technologies um, before they implement them. So um, we need to vet them out on our end. Then we do a lot of uh, testing and validation with our imaging vendors. And then, you know, it's got to add value uh, clinically. Um, you know, and, and have some ROI for our healthcare customers before they just jump right in.
0: Well, I'd imagine having a centralized data repository of, of images that might never get accessed. And then when you need an image, localized, fast access, when, you know, you spin up a Flex cache, right? And it points back to that original archive and then it just pulls that image over and you can, you know, have that access until you need it. And then once you're done with it, it, it gets basically blown away and nothing happens to the cache, right? We don't care about it and that original image stays on the 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 origin volume where it just kind of resides
1: yeah i mean it it really it makes sense i mean and it's almost very um it has a lot of similarities to what they're doing at the application layer um you know so we have to understand you know what's triggering the triggering the moving movement of the images and then you know what's the latency associated to it so you know, it, it's intriguing. I just don't know. We, we haven't done enough, um, uh, banging around on, on the product to, to find out.
0: Uh, well, I mean, beyond the whole, you know, f- speed piece, it's also a capacity savings because right now it sounds like they're actually physically copying this data to these caches. So they have, you know, a cache of that data. So that's taking up extra space.
1: Yeah. I mean, it, 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 at any point in time, you can have three copies of that same image. um, you know, so, I mean, you're exactly right. So, you know,
0: having having a cache that's basically, you know, you blow it away when you're done with it, that, that saves a lot of storage over, you know, especially when you're dealing with thousands of files, you know, at 300 megs apiece. Absolutely. So we touched on it a little bit earlier when we started talking about SnapMirror to cloud and that sort of thing. How are healthcare customers leveraging things like hybrid cloud in their environments?
1: So what's interesting about cloud and imaging is... Most hospital organizations, they like to keep their images within their brick and mortar. Um, so images is probably one of the f- last workloads they've considered uh, looking at cloud for. Um, you know, if you look back a year ago, um, we weren't having many cloud discussions in the imaging space outside of maybe leveraging um cloud as the offsite copy for uh, disaster recovery. Um, you know, fast forward, um, COVID has been a catalyst um, into these discussions about leveraging cloud. Um, and so when we talk about hybrid cloud and imaging, it has a couple of different meanings to different people. So you have to kind of, um, you kind of have to lay out what, you're, what you kind of mean um, for some of our, uh, you know, our imaging folks. So um, hybrid cloud could be, let's look at a tiering environment where your primary production system, you have your on-prem cache and say after, you know, data that's older than six months, move it into, you know, a, a, a cloud bucket. Um, you know, that's, that's one definition, right? And then the other could be, let's put my entire primary solution on premises and then let's put my secondary copy completely in the cloud. Um, so, you know, we're having these conversations, we have customers that are kind of that are interested in in talking about hybrid cloud, but a lot of them aren't really jumping in full force yet. Um, you know, and so it's one of those chicken and the egg kind of things. Um, What we do see a lot now is a lot of the imaging vendors are spinning up a cloud archive service where they're doing a paper study and they have their own private cloud and they're moving that secondary um, copy of that image into the cloud. Um, So imaging as a service, you know, PAX as a service, VNA as a service, Uh, that is just starting to really um, get some traction. Uh, We've seen cloud-based PAX environments that um, have been targeting smaller uh, imaging centers in rural hospitals. Um, And, you know, some of the bigger uh, PAX companies now are are starting to to look around and starting to transform their uh, typical uh, on-prem applications and, and, starting to leverage containerization and and other aspects to get ready to, to move it into the cloud. So, um, I think it's, you know, I still think it's in its infancy. Um, you know, the comfort level of, of patient information, patient, patient health information moving outside of the brick and mortars is is still kind of iffy. Um, but I think that, you know, that's, that's the next big thing. Um, you know, five years from now, I think everybody is going to be in the cloud for the imaging stuff. Um, you know, so it still remains to be seen. Is a lot of the
0: apprehension,
1: you know, data control or
0: data security, or a little of both? Uh,
1: I, I think it's all of the above, and I think a lot of the, um, you know, a lot of these uh, some of these healthcare organizations, organizations, they jump right in and they found out whoa, there's a lot of um, workloads that we shouldn't put in the cloud, um, you know, images typically when somebody thinks of the physics of it, you know, images are big, you know, when pipes are small. And so there's a natural um, thought that there's going to be a lot of latency and, and um, you know, so that that also plays into it. Uh, but yeah, the security thing and, and HIPAA and, you know, I think that is the uh, one of the big things. I, I think... Cloud, you know, initially was marketed as being a cheaper option, and I think a lot of the, the healthcare customers are finding out, you know, it's really not cheaper. And in in actual in actuality, most of the time, it's not cheaper. But if you think about, you know, all the storage planning, um, projections, and everything that you have to do for imaging to make sure that you're keeping up with, um, you know, the the space for all your images. I mean, the cloud it's a boundless container. I mean, so you're not, you're not, you know, that takes a lot of that pressure away. Um, it, but it also depends on how that customer, uh, likes to, uh, use their budgets. Um, a lot of folks don't like having that utility bill that they would get in the cloud environment, um, you know, versus using capital expenditures with, um, the problem with using a, a primary, um, production system and tearing into the cloud, um, a lot of the customers don't take into account the egress rates that they'll have to pay for having you pull images back onto prem whenever um, you know, they're used for comparison. So it, it, I think it takes a lot of understanding and the customer has to be um, a little more educated about what's going on in their environments.
0: So as, as far as NetApp goes, I mean, what sort of tools do you provide to help them understand their data uses and, and, you know, what data is cold and what data is hot and what data might come back from cloud?
1: Yeah, so we usually work with our imaging vendors. Um, they have a lot of tools on projections for, you know, what the annual study volumes are, how much data, you know, because they're managing all the compression. Um, and so they kind of guide us on you know, how much data and historical growth rates uh, that the customer has shown uh, or what they're projecting. And of course, that doesn't take into account, you know, the next new uh, digital modality, the next multi-slice scanner or three-dimensional or whatever. Um, And it doesn't take into account, you know, mergers and acquisitions. And then from the NetApp perspective, you know, we can use like, you know, some of our predictive cash statistics, And some of our tools, in order to help them realize, you know, how, um, you know, how us using um, tiering and and using uh, fabric tools could help them um, with some, you know, savings of of not leveraging some of that um, more premium cost uh, type of storage, you know, like the all flash stuff.
0: So earlier we we touched on uh, object storage a little bit, and that some medical imaging companies are looking at presenting objects instead of, you know, over a NAS share. So what are we providing at, at NetApp to do that?
1: Yeah. So we have our um, NetApp storage grid web scale product. Um, We've got some really um, large grids out there uh, across some uh, large organizations that have, you know, petabytes and petabytes of of images. Um, So, you know, with with S three becoming um, a lot more popular and it being more suited for, you know, cloud based type protocols versus versus SMB, um, you know, object is attractive. Um, it has to make sense though. You know, if if your environment's not a very large environment, you know, say three or four hundred terabytes, then a lot of times when you start moving data into different tiers and in offsite and on, you know, all the different places, you know, it becomes so difficult to manage that it, it may not be attractive. So I'm a, I'm a keep it simple kind of guy. Um, but when you get in these these environments where, you know, it's become so hard to manage, you know, having the ability to leverage object uh, is ideal. Um, you know, the capability of handling large amounts of unstructured data um, you know, like we mentioned earlier, having to spend time crawling through directories uh, as you do a file storage, you know, object makes that a lot simpler. It, it speeds up performance, um, and then the metadata is also stored along with the image files, so it allows you to leverage that metadata for analytics. Um, you know, in query searches, um, you know, our web scale product is is scalable into billions of objects. Um, it provides triple erasure coding. Um, and, you know, that's through geo redundancy and um, give you that highest data protection. And then there's also all sort of um, ILM policies uh, that are built in that allows you to control the number of copies to move the data throughout different areas of the grid, or even um, you could actually move the data into a, a cloud service provider if you wanted to over time. So. Uh, I think there's a lot of advantages and I think, you know, if you're looking at an enterprise imaging strategy where um, you're going to have, you know, managing a lot of data, it, it makes a lot of sense.
0: So what about NetApp? Like how do we fit into the healthcare industry? Wh- where do we play?
1: Sure. So uh, NetApp's got an extensive healthcare team. Um, we're led by Dave Nisvisky. Um We've got resources uh, from all as- aspects of healthcare. So for example, you know my background. I was a radiology tech for ten years before I went back and and got into the the technical side of things. Um, and then you know we've got folks that do nothing but um, work in uh, AI and machine learning um, and analytics. And then we also have got former hospital CIOs. So you know our team is is such well rounded. Um, you know, we've there's not a whole lot that we haven't uh, encountered um, and, and be able to to help our customers with. Tony,
0: if I'm a NetApp or if I'm a customer and I've never really used NetApp, is there any sort of easy-to-play one-stop shop for this sort of you know infrastructure?
1: Yes, actually, um, we're about to launch at our NetApp Insight conference uh, at the end of this month uh, a NetApp FlexPod, um, specifically designed for medical imaging. Um, it uses Cisco compute, Cisco networking, and NetApp storage, and also NVIDIA GPUs uh, to provide basically your entire environment uh, to run your um, your your imaging environment for.
0: So basically, this is just something I can buy and just plug it in, and I'm ready to go.
1: Yeah, I mean, you you drop in your um, application VMs um, database from your imaging vendor. Um, you know, and plug up your network and your power and and you're ready to go. That sounds kind (laughs) of (laughs) easy.
0: I don't know if I want easy. I want it to be difficult and complicated so I can show my value. Yeah. So Tony, if I had uh, some questions or I wanted to find more information about NetApp Healthcare, is there anywhere I can find that information?
1: Sure. Um, You know, easily you can reach out to me. Um, As mentioned earlier, tony.turner at netapp.com. Um, we also have, um, our webpage under our industry solutions, uh, netapp.com forward slash healthcare. Um, and then I have a white paper, um, that's about to launch that is specific around medical imaging and imaging archives. Um, and so we have a bunch of resources available across all different aspects of healthcare, whether it's, um, you know, storage efficiencies with your Epic environment, utilizing cloud, telehealth, um, you know, solutions around COVID. Uh, We've got uh, all kinds of different um, uh, pieces of collateral available for you.
0: All right. Excellent. And again, we can find you at uh, TNY Turner on
1: Twitter, right? Yes.
0: All right, that music tells me it's time to go. If you'd like to get in touch with us, send us an email to podcast at netapp.com or send us a tweet at NetApp. As always, if you'd like to subscribe, find us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, iHeartRadio, SoundCloud, Stitcher, or via techontappodcast.com. If you like the show today, leave us a review. On behalf of the entire Tech on Tap podcast team, I'd like to thank Tony Turner for joining us today. As always, thanks for listening.